Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com for all of our podcasts. Our YouTube channel, our merchandise, still got that 10% off if you spend $30 or more. That's at fivereasonsports.com. Uh, we've got Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow shirts. We've got something new coming for Tyler Harrow. I'm not supposed to say that, but got something coming around uh, pretty soon, particularly when some of these COVID delays break. Also, you can get all of our latest stories and all of them are free. We don't have a paywall unlike the other guys. Also, check out all the sponsors in the Five Reasons Sports Network. All of our sponsors are local. They're South Florida. When you support them, that means you're supporting us. We only add sponsors here that we're comfortable with. That's why you don't hear six ads on all the podcasts uh, like you might hear on one commercial break. One of them is the Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954 678 8354. An attorney will answer your call. Gonzalez and Tybor represents clients not just in South Florida, but also in Orlando. So up there where they're going to be playing NBA basketball here starting in late July, Tampa and Fort Myers. And they offer consultations via telephone or video conference. You know, bankruptcy is not a dirty word. It's one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. The new stimulus act that was passed, made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it's important to have a lawyer explain all of those changes. And look, you can do it reasonably. They've got payment plans and they've got little to no upfront fees that can help you or anyone you know, if you're lucky enough to make it through COVID with no financial problems. And there aren't many who are. Chances are, you know, someone who isn't that lucky. Gonzalez and Tybor, bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com can help even before the pandemic. A lot of people were carrying a lot of debt, living, living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy offers a chance to start fresh. It does not ruin credit. In fact, most people see an increase of 100 to 150 points on their credit score within a year of filing. And if property values drop, bankruptcy can be used to modify or even eliminate mortgages. So again, here's the phone number, 954 678 954-678-8354. When you've lost just about everything, you don't have anything to lose. Check out the website, bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. No Alf today. We do have Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander on Twitter. Also, our guy at Tropical Blanket, Alex Toledo. We'll do a very heat-specific episode. Check out all the episodes about the return in Orlando. But now we're going to look ahead a little bit. There were some reports that came out over the past few days that were interesting about players who may be available around the league. And again, we don't know what the salary cap's going to be. We don't know if there's going to be cap smoothing. We don't really know anything about the finances, except we know that the Heat were in good position before everything shut down. And they're still in the same position in terms of relative to other teams as they were. They're just obviously not going to have as much money under whatever the cap is. 
what we're going to do today is take a look at players who could be one-year options for the Heat. So we know that the Heat have four guys, Derek Jones Jr., Goran Dragic, Myers Leonard, and Jake Crowder, whose contracts expire after the season, who are all contributors to this team. But it's possible the Heat could bypass a couple of those guys, all of those guys, none of those guys, we don't know. But they could bypass someone and they could try to pick up someone else. So Leif, you compiled a list. I'm going to let you introduce some of these players. I'm going to let Alex tee off first and then I'll jump in. Who are some of the short-term one-year options for the Heat after this season? Uh, yeah, I want to start out by uh, giving a, a shout out to a, a buddy of mine from actually a group on Facebook that is a, a friend of the show. And that is uh, Miami Heat Source Destination, a buddy of mine, Adrian, helped me with this list. So I wanted to shout him out. Um, but so some of these guys uh, and this all kind of spurred from the, the Paul Millsap news that we heard where there was um, – some reports that the heat may be interested in him. And when I checked into that, it seemed like it was really kind of um, contingent upon it being a one year type of scenario, unless he was taking an absolute deep discount that, um, that is unforeseen. But before we get any further in the list, the heat want to bring back their guys. And I think that that's an important part of all this that, I believe, um, and it's most of it is a gut feeling, but I have had a little bit of conversations with folks that um, lean into the fact that the Heat would like to to bring back these core contributors. So I think that that's really option one. But as you alluded to, if some of these guys end up going other places for multi-year deals or or just get priced out of the Heat's range um, for what they're comfortable bringing the guys back, this is where these one-year options will be um, kind of – giving the heat the ability to roll over to to the next season. So some of the names I compiled, Paul Millsap, Serge Ibaka, Danilo Gallinari. um, And some of these guys may get multi-year deals, but there could be the chance if you give them a balloon one-year offer that they could be viable. Uh, Tristan Thompson, although I know the clutch ties hurt. Um, And then there were some other names that I thought were interesting. If DeMar DeRozan were to decline his player option, you know, there's been talk of him being unhappy in San Antonio. I thought that that could be an interesting option there. Derek Favors um, has some potential as a player, obviously has some health question marks. Uh, Christian Wood tweeted recently that he just wants to win. And that's something that definitely could happen in Miami, but I'm not sure if he'd be looking for a more multi-year deal. So that was kind of a preliminary list of guys that I think encompass the type of players that may be willing to take a one-year balloon payment in order to maybe uh, drive up their free agent stock for the next summer. All right. Before Alex, you jump in on that list, let's look at the four guys. We've done podcasts on this before, so we don't need to deep dive. But of the four guys, not, not, let's not do the who we think they should resign. Who do you think is most likely to be here of the four guys we talk about? Leonard, Crowder, Jones, Dragic. Rank them one to four. Honestly, that's really tough. Uh, my best guess would be Dragic first. I think he's done so much for them, especially recently. But, uh, but even throughout the five, six years, or whatever it is now, uh, he's done so much for them, I think. They're going to give it back to him uh, in the offseason. I think he's going to get whatever he wants. Maybe it's not uh, – maybe it's closer to $14 million, $15 million instead of like $20 million, like what he's getting right now more or less. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to give him that one-year deal. And I put him number one. And then from there, honestly, it's, it's probably even tougher. I, I might even put Myers number two just because he might be the cheapest uh, mm-hmm. to keep. And I know they want to keep all of them. 
BJJ might get a, a – seems like he's going to get some interest from uh, young teams who aren't really going to be in a winning position. So he, I think, might be the most likely to walk because of that. apparently yes. he's got some interest in – I mean, uh, Chicago and, and Cleveland has a little bit of interest in him as a free agent. So I'd put him last and then probably uh, Jay Crowder number three. Yeah, I have the same order as you. I, I, the issue wow. with DJJ is going to be that uh, – and it's unfortunate. It's going to be good for J, DJJ's bank account, but it's going to be bad for his development as a player. Is yeah. that I, I, I think that ultimately what's going to happen is a bad team is going to overpay him, expecting him to fill a role that is not in his comfort zone. And Whereas playmakers over there and the two teams are in the two teams and he needs playmakers around him. And I, but I think that, you know, this is as much as he loves Miami and I know, I know Greg, you have some ties there. I, look, as much as he loves Miami, as much as they've carved out a role for him, I, I think that ultimately it may be too much to pass on. If you get an opportunity, particularly with all the uncertainty that's going on now, I think if players have an opportunity to jump on some money, they'll jump on some money. And, you know, it just reminds me of a lot of guys who've gone other places and I'm not just saying from the heat, but just generally the types of p- players that bad teams sign, expecting them to be more at the forefront when really their best role is as complementary pieces with very specific roles. And that's and so I, I think he's most likely to go. I think Myers is second because I think they see his value and I think he understands the team's value to his career. And I think that if you're a guy like Myers who seems to crave stability, I don't think he's going to walk away from something that he feels is a reasonable offer. So I would expect him to say, and I think Jay's third behind Myers because I think as much as I like Jay Crowder, I think his skill set is, is most is more replaceable than, than Myers is on this particular team. That that's, See, I, that's the that's way I, I disagree that. for sure. Because I think Crowder is a type of uh, cheap, rotation player you know because three and d a lot of times now like the elite three and d players are pretty expensive like even a covington mm-hmm. uh, is not going to get a max contract but he gets a big contract and i think crowder is exactly the type of cheap rotation player who gives you a modicum of those things but how cheap though but how cheap alex that's the thing i i don't I to me like, to me there's a number for him where I'm, guy i mean i could see him being a mid-level guy um and the mid-level was supposed to be like nine and a half i don't think it's going to be now well, and also ish. keep in mind that a mid-level contract from another team can't be given on, on one year. So right, if, if he exactly. were to get that, he's going to be getting it for multiple years. So there's incentive to take that deal. But that's where I also think that he may be comfortable paying slightly above market value for maybe a, a Jay Crowder or a Myers Leonard in certain scenarios, depending on how the depth chart shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, because they know it's just for one year. So you're really, it's a band-aid to get us to 2021. Um, so that's where I think you could see guys maybe get a little bit more than you would expect uh, just for that one season. It's possible. Uh, it's possible. And look, they've, they've coveted Jay for a long time. Um, so, you know, whereas with Myers, you know, Myers was kind of a, a plug and play solution when you were trying to dump us on and you were trying to make this complicated transaction. Jay is the guy they've targeted. So I, I can understand why some people would put him second. I don't think there's any question Dragic is first, unless, Unless Goran shows such wear and tear during this period of time that they're like, okay, we just can't play him defensively anymore. And if they haven't even de- mentioned Solomon Hill and all of this. Uh, well, I don't think they've mentioned Solomon Very Hill. Funny. I don't think <laughs> no. they've mentioned Solomon Hill. I, I mean, I think the thing with Goran is, you know, one of the decisions you've got to make is, is Kendrick Nunn part of your long-term plans? Cause if he is, 
and Kendrick's ultimately then going to settle into more of a six-man role off the bench, then Goran and uh, Goran and, and Nun, look at the numbers. They didn't play very much or very well together this year. So that, that becomes a little bit problematic. I think there's a bigger problem than that with those two. Keeping them two together, and we talked about this a million times already, you're just going to always have two, right. you know, a subpar defensive point guard on the floor. And I'm not going to say Kendrick Nunn's never going to be a good defender. I don't want to just box him in, right? Because putting him in a box is obviously – he's one of the last people to do that too, I think. Right, right. Because of just what he showed this year. But at the same time, it's like keeping them both. You're setting yourself up for some problems versus the Raptors, the Celtics, and really any point guard who can pull up. And I think that's going to be a problem for them in the playoffs. So I think that's a, a reason for probably why they look at none as more replaceable than Duncan Robinson, right? Yeah, Duncan Robinson is off the table from everything I've heard. I know, Leif, you've heard the same thing. All right, we're going to get to the specific players in a second that they could bring in. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Making America Clean Again. It's a division, a new division of Greenview Construction. They go by MACA, M-A-C-A. They've been trained with and hold certificates for bacterial, viral, fungi, and mold cleaning treatments. Why is this important? We're going through COVID. So when you're considering you and your loved one's safety and the safety of your employees and clients, you want to get that certificate to display at your workplace showing that you've been properly cleaned. The place has been properly cleaned by a licensed professional so that you can gain customer's trust on the road to recovery. Again, it's MACAinc.net, M-A-C-A-I-N-C.net. The process includes cleaning, sanitizing, disinfecting, and sterilizing. These are all separate processes that are really, really important. It can be short-term. It can also be long-term. Have them come check it out. As we mentioned, all of our sponsors are local, including our guy, Christopher Tyson. Again, it's MaccaInc.net. Take this seriously. People aren't going to want to go into places that they don't believe are safe, and you don't want people in your place that you don't believe that the place is safe. So again, it's MaccaInc.net, making America clean again, a division of Greenview Construction and restoration. All right. Um, let's get to the list. Top of the list. Your number one target of the players that you put up there is? For me, I would say it would probably be, I mean, I, I feel like Danilo Gallinari is a pipe dream to take a one-year deal. Um, I, I don't know if maybe the market dries up on him because of some weird circumstances league-wide that would allow the Heat to, to be able to get in the bidding there. Um, so he would be the number one option, but I kind of feel like he's unrealistic. So taking him off the table, I'd go Serge Ibaka next. Um, and I like those two options next to Bam for very different reasons. Uh, Gallinari obviously opens up offensive things that um, I don't think that we really have any other guy that does those things from his position. So that would be an interesting fit next to Bam. And then Ibaka, uh, I think, would allow for the heat to avoid some of those uh, rebounding lulls or rim protection lulls. And then if, if he can come out and have one good season to try to cash in on a, on a final contract, he could, you know, ha have some incentive to come in and have a, a big bounce back year. So um, those would probably be, um, if I had to rank them, it would go Gallinari, Ibaka and Millsap. And that would probably surprise some people, but mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't know that, Millsap is going to be a realistic option unless you're saying that Goran Dragic leaves and then you're really allocating a huge number to Millsap for one year. Um, and I just don't expect that to happen. So that's why I'm kind of pivoting to these other guys. That's interesting, Alex. Um, I, you know, the Ibaka topic, 
to me has gone a little under the radar. Like he's such an obvious option for what they need, but I don't feel like he fans have talked about him that much. Maybe because it looked like his career was going the other direction. And then he had this resurgence this season, but his first thing, they've always loved him. Right. They've always loved him. Okay. Um, He can shoot from outside. He's been, he's not the defender he used to be, but obviously he has a skill set there. And, uh, and again, he would take care of some of their rebounding issues and he's always been kind of perceived as a culture guy who'll do the dirty work. So it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, I really like that idea. I mean, obviously everything depends on numbers and we don't know, like, you know, as we prefaced earlier, we don't really know uh, what the situation is going to look like, what, how the smoothing is going to affect cap space. But at the end of the day, Ibaka is a great option. I am surprised at Leif putting the Millsap three, but I get the reasoning because I do think Millsap is basically, you know, if you want him, you're going to have to pretty much let Goran walk. I, I just don't know that Goran would take such a huge discount. I don't like, I don't know if it would be possible to keep, to offer Goran like a one year mid-level while Millsap takes a probably, a, you know, double as much. I, like, I don't think that's probably realistic. At the end of the day, I would still probably put that number one. And listen, I love Goran. I do, but if we're if we're being real here, mm-hmm. I think their defensive issues put me where I'm like, yes, I love the Millsap idea, and I also like the Ibaka idea there because of that. But I think Millsap gives you probably two thirds, three fourths of whatever scoring Gallinari gives you, and I know that Gallinari gives you the other guy who could create his own shot. But I'm at this point, I'm prioritizing the defense over that, and I love the idea of Millsap next to Bam, so I, I put him number one. There's been a lot of talk of Ibaka to the Nets. Um, I, I, that, that's oh, really? come up quite a few times. I know he still has a relationship with, with KD. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at his numbers this year, I mean, he was above his career numbers in pretty much every category. I mean, he played 50 games. But he averaged, was great for them last year, too. He was. He averaged, he averaged 16 this year uh, and 8.3 rebounds. His career numbers are 13 and 7. He averaged almost uh, assist and a half a game. That's above his career average. He shoot 52% above his career average. Shot 40% from three. Career average is 36. 75 from the line, which is where he's always been. Uh, win shares in PR right in line or above his career averages. And you're talking about, you know, he's doing it at 27 minutes a game. And you're talking about a guy who is now, how old is Serge? I, well, I don't know if we know Serge's real age. I got to be honest. Uh, right? I mean, this is one of those this situations. Is very true. Uh, so I, I don't, but they dealt with that with Luol too. So I'm not sure what, what, um, what is, what, what year was Serge born? I don't even know. What did they say here? They have him as 30, 31, 31. He'll be, uh, be 31 in September, but I mean, he could be a little older, who knows? Um, and but, another, an, another key thing here that I think is worth pointing out if the heat, once the, the dust settles on the numbers situation from a cap perspective, if they have, um, if they believe that they can get, um, if they can retain Goran and then they have the ability to draw in one of these guys on a one-year deal and entice them to come, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at this 2020 pick and attached it to a, a contract like Kelly Olynyk to clear the books further so that they could wiggle in keeping Goran and looking at an option like that. So don't... Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Don't completely discount that as a possibility as well. Do, do you think if they bring in uh, Surge or Millsap, I think with Millsap they definitely do, but with Surge, does Myers Leonard still remain a priority? No way, right? No, he would have. Well, because you unless have, you can attach Kelly, unless you can attach yeah, Kelly. Yeah, yeah I one. Say, I think it's Silva too. Uh, who, who's who's the better fit? If you're going to start Surge next to Bam, I mean, although Surge could come off the bench and then play either spot, which actually they may go that direction if they love the if they like the chemistry between Myers and Bam. But if you're looking at a three a three big rotation there, would you rather have Kelly or Myers with those two? Myers, right? He's more different, I would think. With Ibaka on on the roster? Yeah. No, I'm going Kelly. I'm going Kelly. I think Ibaka uh, does some of uh, yeah, I, I think he's kind of – like I think we need a little bit more of the ball skills there. And I think I, I kind of trust Olenek more as, as somebody who would give you a little bit more on the court, whereas Myers is very – like if he's not making his threes – He's just not doing that much. And I get everything else he does. I, I don't want to get into a Myers thing here, but I do think he's the most replaceable. And I do think Kelly at his best is just ultimately a better player or a more well-rounded player, let's say, than Myers. And I think well, that, and that's why I disagree with you earlier, Ethan, because I think mm -hmm. he's most easily replaceable because of Kelly being right there. Right. What well, about the other the other replacement piece is Silva. Like we can't forget that he is in the pipeline and being developed as a player that they'd like to see eventually assume a rotation spot. Mm -hmm. So at some point, if you're looking at duplication, is Silva more of a Myers Leonard or more of a Kelly Olynyk? I think we'd all say he's more of a Myers Leonard if you yes. had to put him in one of those boxes. So then Olynyk, obviously, his skill set becomes more um, of you know of use. Do you think they soured on Silva at all as the season progressed? I, I, I feel like the shine wore off there a little bit as, as teams started to figure out what his limitations were. Like he gave them yeah. great energy in the, the preseason. He hit no the doubt. wall, but unlike the other guys, like none, he didn't then scale it. Like it, it felt like he never got past it. So I, you know, again, it's, it's difficult. He's not played a ton of competitive basketball. I mean, he's probably so, still ahead of schedule, right? Like I think we weren't really I would expecting think. him to do much. So I think that overall, he's probably still plus, you know, for what we thought coming in, but he's definitely got to show more going into next season. I think. Uh, let, let's look at Millsap's numbers. I mean, again, Denver's uh, more of a collective team. Well, Toronto is too, but Millsap averaged 24 this year. He's older. He's 34, going to be 35 soon. Average 12 points a game, six rebounds. I mean, he's still a functional player. Um, he shot 44% from three this year, but on very low attempts. Of course, we all remember he never shot a three in his life until he started making them all in one game against the Heat. Um, oh, I was three there. It was yes, I was, I was there too. It's, it's one, I, seriously, you were talking about like 10 regular season games of the big three era that you remember, that's one of them. Like uh, everybody remembers him, him going, and he, he has like quiet leadership qualities. Um, Why were he jazz games so good? That was such a random. They always thing. were, but even, but even before the big three, the, the, the Dwayne yeah. double, you know, the, that game again, was in Miami, not in, in Utah so much, not in, but Utah, in Miami. No, not in yes. Utah. No, yes. well, I, well, I was in Utah for one of them. Well, I was in Utah for all of them for the big three, but the one where, where LeBron passed to Udonis and, and then LeBron uh, defended it in the in the locker room and then by the time he got to the bus 
he was already like taking responsibility and it was just a weird scene. They had some weird scenes in Utah. I, I remember that when he said I made the right play or something like that. Right, right. Exactly. It was, it was a whole, and one of those big three controversies. Um, I guess the, the question I have with Millsap is let's ask the same question. If you have Millsap next to Bam, Myers or Kelly, in that case, I got to go Myers, right? You need, you need the more physical, bigger third yeah. big. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to put Millsap. I mean, I guess you could put him as a five for stretches, but you can't count on him to be essentially your backup five if you wanted to put him there. Like, I would mm. still want to start a Baca, but I get what you're saying there. Uh, you, you, you're 100% putting Millsap next to Bam most of the time, so you would rather keep Myers as that backup five there. I, I think that's fair. All right, so let's get to the other – let's get to a couple of the other guys on the list. Let's talk about Gallo a little bit. Um, they were damn close on Gallo. Damn oh, my close. gosh, so close. I mean, they thought it was done, <laughs> okay? Uh, and, of course, there were a couple of issues, but the big issue was, you know, Gallo wanted the longer extension. They weren't going to go past 21. He didn't want the two years, which is what they were willing to do, and so it was his preference to just let this thing play out. It looked like it was going to play out well for him because there was going to be cap space for only a handful of teams, but he there's so few players to go after that maybe a team like in Atlanta or something would throw a bunch of money at him because he was the only guy there, right? And he kind of – a team like Atlanta could use his skill set, right, with, with the other players that they have there. Um, but now, obviously, the dynamic has changed. You mentioned trying to get him on a one-year deal. Again, if he takes a one-year deal, it's kind of what he rejected to go to Miami in the first place. I, I just wonder if, if with the world changing, he looks at the circumstances differently now. Or if he goes back to OKC, which he could do. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what their interest level is in him. Something that Alex and I talked about on a pod with OKC is they have, like, they have like Chris Paul in one place and the rest of the roster is all like 24 and under. So I, I don't know where he fits into that. But what, what do you think is a reasonable possibility for him? It's all over the map. And, and like that's what makes this all so hypothetical to really talk through. But I would imagine that if he was going to take a one-year deal – it would probably be um, in excess of what twenty-two million dollars to try to secure him for one year. If if he was even going to entertain it, maybe it would even be more than that. So you're really talking about at that point using the majority of the space you have to bring him in. So then you have to weigh: is it worth adding him if all of the other guys that we've talked about that are um, unrestricted free agents for for the Heat? would maybe be out the door and, and the implications of that and how the roster shakes out. So that that's, I mean, obviously I think Pat alluded to how much he wanted that transaction to happen and he mm. thought it would get done. So I think like ultimately if there was a player that he could choose to bring in of the guys we've discussed, it would be Gallo, but I just don't know that the money is going to work um, because the heat are not going to dish out the years. I mean, even as we, like rewind all the way back to the very beginning of this discussion with DJJ. It's mm -hmm. that four year thing. I, I really think that you're going to be reluctant to offer four years. I would agree. I mean, how well does he fit though, Alex? I feel like we did these pods a long time ago. I, like what, what, what is the fit next to Bam, particularly defensively? So we're talking about Gallinari here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing with him, right? Cause he would essentially come in and be your starting four. And that can get a little dicey, right? Maybe not because of the size. Uh, I think he would be fine uh, 
size. I think there's a lot of like slow fours, but there are a lot of very athletic fours. I can give them trouble fours that might be able to uh, give him trouble on the block as well. I, I don't think he's a great defender. He's fine. You know, he's not a terrible defender. I think that he'd have done uh, more with worse defenders. So, But at the same time, again, I would rank other guys ahead of him just because I, I don't really trust him on the defensive end. And the Heat were such a good team offensively. It would be a great, just an amazing fit offensively, though, because they need mm-hmm. that second type of score. And he, maybe he's not the, the high-level one that you want to – maybe you know take you to a championship level like a Beal, but he would absolutely make them better and i think it would show in a in a playoff series right when the game slows down he, he's the type of guy you can go to to, to you know give jimmy a break because they're already relying on so much shooting right like so yeah. much yeah. off the ball movement and shooting they i think they need another another guy but he but he's a shooter who can create that's the difference he yeah, exactly you can even run some stuff through him periodically absolutely. throughout a game For sure. absolutely um, so that's another benefit to that all right, let's get to the last one we want to discuss. You mentioned him as Demar, who is yeah. who is controversial <laughs> in a lot of ways because you know for a period of time I thought he'd be the perfect heir to Dwayne because there were so many similarities in their games, uh, but now that you have Jimmy, I just I just don't see it. I I don't I don't understand how that would work. I mean, you get two guys who get to the line a ton, sure. Demar is a is a better mid range player than Jimmy at this stage offensively. I mean, uh, no, I don't think there's any question about that. He's never been a great defender, though. He's still athletic, but his athleticism is not where it was. I mean, he's become kind of a craftsman offensively. You know, again, he's he has he bears a lot. Of, I I once talked to Dwayne about this years ago. He thought Demar was the closest in playing style to him of any of the young younger guards at the time, but he shrinks in the playoffs, and he's going to be. I mean, there's no. There's no doubt about that. The numbers bear that out. And he's, he's going to be damn expensive. I mean, what, what is the case there, Leif? Is there any? The case is this. If you have to save face on the offseason because all of your best free agents walked and you weren't able to facilitate any other move, then you bring in the talent of a guy like DeRozan and you hope that Spo can make that work with enough shooting surrounding those two guys. Uh, Jimmy and DeMar. So I think that that's really what he ultimately would be in in this type of circumstances. He would be um, a last ditch effort to ensure that there's enough talent on the roster to have another contending team for a year as you roll over space to 21. Because the other thing, and this is for a whole nother episode, is all of the guys that only have one year left on their contract that are essentially 2021 free agents that may shake loose via trade would be the next avenue that the heat could explore if none of these names materialize fit there alex yeah uh honestly lake said it perfectly i think that's exactly the type of guy uh they will go after just like if if other things fail like maybe they they would prefer to keep all four guys uh if that were possible before going after DeRozan. and i think it's a long shot like i i wouldn't expect that to happen but at the same time uh, for on a one-year deal, maybe you give him a one plus one, right, with a team option in the second on the second-year deal, just in case twenty twenty-one doesn't pan out how he wanted to as well. Uh, it would be kind of a bleak backup uh, plan, just because I think of the way that he's looked at. But it's not that bad. Like I think DeRose is a pretty damn good player. So yeah, as a second option, uh, a second scoring option, to somebody who could really take the scoring load off of Jimmy, like he gives you a lot of the same stuff Gallinari does, just without the three-point shooting. 
right? right. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, do even more handling than Gallinari does, and even more scoring just again without the three point shooting. He had some stretches this year that were really, really good. I mean, it's 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 high. He gets, I think. And I kind of did it when I introduced him. He gets more disparaged, I think, for a player who fills up the box score than just about any other player in the league. And I think it, I think a lot of it is because of the, the postseason stuff and because he doesn't play a style that other players play today. I just think he has to be in the right situation now to be one of your two best players. And I, I don't think... This might be the one. <laughs> But it's not, though, because the Heats, whether he's going to be the second-best player with Bam or the second-best player with Jimmy, you're dealing with two non-shooters playing around a guy who's not a, non, he's not a non-shooter. It's unfair to call – Jimmy's a non-shooter at this stage, but, unfortunately. Okay? He's not a non-shooter, but he just doesn't stretch the floor. But um, they do have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. So they do. It, it's not like the past couple of years where I think they're trying to fit in somebody like DeRozan would have been really awkward when they just kind of had – and, and, and I hope uh, Spo doesn't listen to this, but their, their shooting was inconsistent over the past few years. From <laughs> yeah, you get, you get yeah, trouble careful. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Duncan and Tyler kind of give them like, okay, we could we could really try this out for a year. Like, I think it'll be a definitive upgrade, right? Will it take them pa- an extra round? Maybe it'll, it'll be. I think it'll be a, a cool risk for one year. But that's that's okay. That's the question to ask here, because if we're all agreeing that the idea is not to push yourself into that cap space in twenty one, what is the? I think you hit on it, Leif. But what is the end game with adding a guy like this? Because I don't think there's anybody that they can add of the four guys we've talked about that makes them a championship contender, unless Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo take huge leaps. Okay. And maybe a Kendrick Nunn, maybe I don't know what kind of a leap Duncan can take from where he is right now, but particularly those two guys, Bam and Hero take huge leaps. Okay. I don't see them as a championship contender the next season. All right. I think it's the year after. Um, so is there's nobody on this list that's gonna make them that. So so what is the end game for Pat? Just getting to the conference finals and making yourself more attractive to a guy like Giannis who's okay, I'm gonna take you to the next step. Is, is that is that where it is? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that it has a lot to do with remaining as relevant as possible, having the ability to go as deep in the postseason when as many eyeballs are on your young core as possible. And then this is the other thing, and 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 they did this with Dwayne quite a bit, is you just want to have the best team around guys that really put winning first. And that's really, I think, Jimmy's MO at this point. So you're going to want to put the, the, just the best team possible. So they'll probably go to him and say, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? And uh, if he thinks that that's the right fit, um, I think they're going to listen to, uh, to the leaders of the team. So they'll have some input there, maybe more than um, – than they would than they would have in the past because they're trying to keep the synergy in, with this group together, um, so that it's like literally they can hand it on a silver platter to um, a max free agent who shall be uh, who will remain nameless at the moment. Some GA guy. Uh, I can tell you, Jimmy was in on Gallo. Okay, so he was in favor of that. That's what I'd heard. Um, the other guys. I mean, Millsap strikes me as the kind of guy Jimmy would want to play with. I don't know their relationship, but it strikes me. Abaka's proven winner at this point. I mean, he was part of a winning core in OKC. He won a championship in Toronto. Uh, and I believe Jimmy has a relationship with DeMar, does he not? I, I've, yep. 
Yes. Right. So, yes. right. So, so I think all of these players would probably be on the Jimmy approval list. So I would Lowry think. Lowry is not going to be a free agent this summer anymore, right? Because I think he signed the one-year extension. Is that right? Because he is big right. time on he is big time but, on the Jimmy approval list. That's that's an exact name. Alex brings up a, a perfect example of a guy who, if all of a sudden the Raptors start to downtrend and and they want to kind of reboot, yep. that would be a guy that the Heat may abandon free agency and then go into the trade market and take a guy like that who only has one year left on their deal. Well, I can tell you this one. Um, I, I've been told repeatedly, if there are two guards in the league that Jimmy wants to play with, it's Kyle Lowry and Drew Holiday. I mean, those are perfect fits, really. I mean, maybe and he's another Lowry's one. Even better, an even better fit than Drew, I think. Those are well. They're perfect. Yeah, they're perfect fits. Because I mean, look at what both of them are, right? And it's it's it makes a perfect sense why Jimmy would want to play with them. And they need I mean, a defensive point guard so exactly bad. because they're they're bulldogs defensively. Um, they've both been through a whole lot of stuff and come out the other side. I mean, they they, they sort of embody the whole Jimmy thing. I, that, that's those two guys. I can see it, and I, I love Goron. But again, right now, Kyle Lowry could still be a starting point guard on a championship team. He just did it. So I think <laughs> so, Drew, so. the Drew thing probably is more likely than Lowry. The, the way the Raptors have been playing, where they, the Raptors were seriously one of the best like eight teams in the NBA this year. Uh, so I, it would be kind of weird to see them just try to uh, blow it up this summer because I think they they blew away people's expectations. But they also have to make a decision about Van Vliet. Um, and, and so, I mean, it, it becomes kind of, you know, is Van Vliet ready to just take over full-time there? If you're going to be paying Van Vliet in the 20s. Yeah, then you have 50 million in your point guards. That's, <laughs> it's too much. That's, it's too much. It's too much. And and what what's Pascal's situation? When is the did he resign extension or is he, he up for that? I think he signed it. Okay, so but they've got a yeah. That's a lot of money in two small guards. I mean, it's a lot of money. Well, it works, and, doesn't it? The 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 two of them play really well together. They they, they do the other one because Norm Powell took a huge step this year. So mm-hmm. I don't know what his uh, situation is like, but if he's coming up anytime soon as a free agent. Uh, he's gonna have to get paid too. Oh, well, and they have Giannis plans too. They have yeah. they have Giannis plans also, and they're right. in the same hotel too. As, as so are the, the Lakers. Lakers. As are the Lakers. Although the Mavericks are not right. The Mavericks are in another hotel. Yes. So at least you, at least you kept them away. It's an interesting list, Leif. I, I again, I, I don't think there's. It, it's been classified as like the worst free agent class in years. It's not terrible. It's just uh, there's nobody who you're gonna center your team around except Anthony Davis. And in my view, there's no chance Anthony Davis goes anywhere else now. I think this situation no has take, taken him off the table uh, completely. So uh, it's a good list. All right, we'll see how that plays out. Again, check out 5 at Greg Sylvander, at Tropical Blanket, at Ethan J. Skolnick, at 5 Sports, um, And as I mentioned, our YouTube channel. Check that out, too. And all of our merchandise on our website, 10% off. If you spent 30 or more, use the code. I forgot to give this out earlier. It's sports back. Sports back is the code. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.